This is Northology, a podcast supporting promoting the tech and startup scene in Manchester. It's the 14th of February 2013. I'm Nathan Ray, and today with me on the podcast, I have Martin Bryant. Hello. Hi, Nathan. Right, just before we get to the interview uh, with Martin, a, a couple of announcements. Uh, one thing I pushed a lot last week was the uh, Barclays Social Enterprise Weekend at Radbrook Hall. Um, I got a call from Julian this morning. Uh, who's kind of organised it on Berkeley, saying that um, it has been postponed. Not cancelled, just postponed. It's going to be happening later in the year. It's just because uh, they were running it as a joint event between um, uh, the... Uh, the venue in London and the venue in uh, Nutsford, and they didn't have the amount of sign-ups they needed at both venues to, to make it worthwhile. So um, that's gonna, we'll keep an eye out for that later in the year, and um, it'll, it'll come back, and hopefully we'll get more sign-ups, and it will actually happen. Uh, Martin, you were going to be a judge there, weren't you, at the, at the competition? Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm uh, still hoping to be involved uh, when it happens, because, uh, yeah, it sounds like an interesting, interesting idea, definitely. Right, okay then. Well, uh, we'll leave that there. We'll just come to the interview with you. What, what kind of, um, what, what gives you the right, what gives you the privilege to be a judge at, at, a, at a, a kind of a, a, a hacking weekend? What gives me the right? Um, yeah, well, um, I suppose um, it's because uh, I was uh, very lucky to uh, join the team at a, uh, a tech blog called The Next Web, which was uh, very small um, a few years ago, and uh, stuck with it, picked the right team, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, with them still, and we're, uh, we're growing fast. Yeah, so we'll we'll come to that. So you're the you're the European managing editor, is that right? Yeah, managing editor. So there's two managing editors. Um, there's me in Europe and Matthew Panzerino in California. And between us, we look after the content on the site because we have a team right around the world. Uh, everyone, uh, everywhere from San Francisco to Beijing, and uh, so it's a true twenty four hour operation. So our role basically is to make sure that uh, we're covering everything we're supposed to, and everyone's happy and uh, you know, our relationships with tech companies and things are going well, all that kind of stuff. Right, okay, well, we'll come back to that in a, in a while, um, how, you, how you got that job and how it's developed over the years. But a bit about yourself. Um, I, I said last week that uh, when we didn't have a, another Mancunian, you would be the Mancunian uh, so far, apart from Doug. Is, is that right? You're from Manchester? Um, no, I'm from Bradford originally, and not the Bradford that everyone calls Beswick these days. Um, the Bradford in Bradford in West Yorkshire um, and so I grew up there I uh, went to university in Leeds uh, studied broadcasting and uh, after that came to Manchester just because basically when I was a kid and I used to come to Manchester I uh, always every time I was here just felt it was just a, a really nice place to be but not just nice actually I actually just felt something getting off the train at um, Victoria Station it just felt like a place I wanted to be and I couldn't ever put a, f a finger on why maybe it was because when I was a kid and I was reading smash hits and the Happy Mondays were in there and 808 State and all these bands that I liked Ash was it one of the other bands back then I think Ash no, I, I, were they a Mancunian band uh, from um, uh, Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Uh, it must be. But there was a lot of kind of Brit pop in the scene. You about my age, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, mean, I, I can remember maybe when I was kind of ten, eleven, um, and all the Manchester stuff was happening. Um, and uh, yeah, so I used to read about this mythical place called Manchester in uh, Smash Hits, uh, and uh, yeah, really wanted to visit. And so I persuaded my parents to take me over one day, and I can remember going to. Um, 
see the BFG at uh, the Palace um, uh, Theatre while my dad, uh, who didn't want to go and see the BFG, uh, I can't remember how they did the giant in the BFG on the stage. They have a, um, I know this because I have children, they had the girl acting and then they had the guys, the BFG, who, who had a puppet in his hands which acted as the little girl. So the, so the giant was like a puppeteer with the little girl, uh, with the puppet in his hands, and then, and then the girl was acting on stage at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and my dad, meanwhile, went over the road to the corner house to see um, a Damien Hirst exhibition. But basically, that was my first exp- exposure to Manchester. I've loved it ever since. And uh, yeah, so I moved here in 2001. Yeah, it's about the same time I moved here, so we're kind of a naturalised Mancunian now, I would, I would say, after being here. So what have you done in Manchester in the last 12, 13 years then? Uh, well, first of all, um, after a, a kind of couple of uh, temporary jobs, I, uh, um, I put my broadcasting degree to use uh, working in a school uh, which had a TV and radio station. So uh, I used to run there. Um, they had a radio station, so I'd work with the kids and uh, play. We'd play the latest pop hits and uh, you know d- chat to them on air and teach them how to drive the desk, all that kind of thing, and uh, make promotional videos for the school. Um, work with kids in lessons to uh, create um, TV shows uh, around. You know, the science lesson they were doing or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but uh, I uh, kind of took a, a, a love of blogging. Um, when blogging kind of became a kind of a new, popular, trendy thing to do in the early 2000s, I kind of took up blogging. I can remember my first ever blog post or my first ever personal blog was about how I'd never buy an iPod. I can't remember why I said that, um, uh, but then about a year later, I bought an iPod. So what was the first blog you ever read? The first one I ever read was a, a friend of mine was building a projector out of a, a, a kind of a flat panel screen from, a, uh, from an LCD monitor and the parts from an overhead projector. And it, turned it, it was turning it into a, um, you know, a video projector kind of thing. And he was blogging about it and updating it every few days as well. And I was just blown away, like, wow, this is like a website and you can track what's going on and things. Uh, w- w- did you have that revelation at any point? To be honest, probably, but I don't remember the first blog I ever read. I remember the first blog I ever wrote, but I, I don't actually remember reading blogs. In fact, it was only... I really, I really regularly became a, a you know a, a regular blog reader in about 2006 because um, uh, I'd obviously written a lot of blogs myself, but um, in terms of actually reading other people's regularly and subscribing to them, that kind of thing, um, I became devoted to that and to tech blogs in particular around 2006 when, um, or maybe 2007 when I uh, got my first phone that had a data connection that had a, a, a subscription uh, package for data. It was very small, but um, you know a regular amount of data each month and um, it was Nokia and it came with some kind of little widget based RSS reader thing and I can remember subscribing to TechCrunch and a few other ones and uh, you know Engadget things like that and uh, just developing this this love of the way they wrote and um, uh, the kind of stories they'd cover and uh, just kind of wanted to be a part of that really. So was it the the tech companies or the the, the stories that they were telling or just like the pure kind of hacking together tech kind of thing that interests you or was it kind of like I say or was it more the journalistic side? Uh, back then, it was actually more gadgets. It was mobile phones, so I was really interested in mobile phones. And these days, things have kind of got a bit boring with smartphones. I think you know, you can choose like a Samsung Galaxy S3, or you can choose an iPhone or whatever. But uh, uh, they all pretty, even though they run different operating systems, they're very similar. And back in those days, it was the start of trying to make smartphones 
into powerful internet connected devices and so uh, there were some interesting things from Nokia um, uh, Sony Ericsson were doing some interesting things um, all these uh, different uh, companies were uh, doing you know interesting things but um, I, uh, so I basically followed uh, things like Engadget, Boy Genius Report, things like that to find out, oh, what's the latest phone? Because I, I want to get a new phone and I seem to get want to get a new phone every six months, even if I couldn't afford it. And um, yeah, but through reading those tech blogs and through reading things like um, TechCrunch, for example, I uh, developed more of an interest in startups and in uh, kind of the investment scene and in terms of uh, what's going on uh, uh, in Silicon Valley and uh, around the world in terms of new interesting apps and services and uh, um, that really got me interested in covering that professionally yeah and well how did you make that transition did you have a blog of your uh, for, for you for yourself uh, and was that seen by the people and how did you make that transition from a hobby to a kind of a profession uh, well, around 2008, I seem to remember, I think it's 2008, um, there was a thing in Manchester called the Tony Wilson Experience, which was this, this strange thing that they did the year after Tony Wilson died in, in kind of tribute to him, where they had some, you know, Manchester veterans talking to young people um, who were kind of, you know, promising interesting people um, around Manchester um, to uh, kind of inspire them by listening to stories about, um, I don't know, what Mark Radcliffe got up to in the 70s or whatever um so uh, so you know it, it was an interesting event uh, uh, but uh, while i was there um, i mean i'd gone um, i think i applied because I, I was making electronic music myself at the time and that's where you get the martin sfp from is that right yeah i um, um so i'm uh, martin sfp on twitter the sfp stands for starfighter pilot i used to make electronic music under the name the starfighter pilot and i joined twitter to actually promote my music um but very quickly decided that um the technology side of things was a lot more interesting and there was hardly anyone involved in music on Twitter at the time. This was, you know, 2007. So, um, uh, I just ended up talking about technology and it was, it was a contributing fact to me quitting, um, writing music and starting my blog, to be honest. Um, so basically I was at this event and I think, I think, um, I, I seem to remember at that point I decided, you know what, I'm actually going to, I'm not that interested in music, making music, um, I enjoy it, but I'm not interested in pursuing it as a career really, so I'm going to start a tech blog. Um, and so I did actually start a tech blog very soon after that uh, called 14 Sandwiches, which is about technology and media. Um, it's still live, although um, I didn't update the WordPress installation for ages, and so it recently got hacked. And uh, yay, WordPress! Yeah, so the uh, so the the hosting company have shut it down. So I need to I need to go and rescue that at some point. But uh, yeah, uh, so I started that, and then I, I started to think, you know, I enjoy doing this, so why don't I try and get paid to do it just as a part time thing? So uh, I was using a service called Friend feed at the time and a guy on there called z well this is like a trip down memory lane with you it's like all these services that you're mentioning <laughs> which are bringing back disturbing memories it's crazy oh, friend feed was cool um uh, and i think it's still still popular in iran i think but anyway um oh, it certainly was a while back anyway uh but uh, yeah so friend feed um uh, this guy called z who'd recently taken over as um, editor-in-chief of a dutch tech blog called the next web um although he was based in london he was advertising for people to just write part-time you know write a post a day or whatever on there so i signed up um about a month later he got back to me and um I actually got two offers from tech blogs on the same day to write for them like part-time. There was some uh, mobile site in Australia 
and then this one in, uh, and obviously the next web. So I was thinking, which one shall I go for? And I decided I'll go for the next web, um, just because it's a bit more broad in what it covers. And I'm very glad I did, because uh, yeah, um, uh, I at the time I basically just wrote one post a day um, during my day job. You know, I'd just at lunchtime I'd write a post, um, and uh, then actually got a job in uh, the same building as Tech of Manchester, actually, uh, which uh, down on the bot- uh, bottom floor um, at Marketing Manchester, doing their uh, doing their content uh, for their website and uh, I, so during my lunch breaks there as well I'd, I'd write is that the com- is that the organization did the I love Manchester campaign is that right or is that was that a different uh, yes. one yeah so they they do a lot of promotional work um, to kind of promote Manchester to um, tourists and to business yeah and uh, just take a step back again you said you were doing writing these blog posts on your personal blog and, and for these other things how was it uh, is that how you develop your writing craft or did, did you writing come easy to you or you some people obviously saw what you're writing and liked it and liked the perspective you're bringing in and how you're writing what what do you think appealed to them oh i don't know um I, I i don't know i just i just write and whatever comes out comes out so i don't know um i don't know i like to kind of pick things uh maybe a little different from what other people would write about if i can but um you know, I don't. I don't know if there's anything in particular. Uh, so uh, yeah, I just applied to the next web and said, um, you know, I've, I've. I think the biggest scoop I'd had. Well, it wasn't a scoop. The biggest story I'd had was, uh, which is something that was actually quite interesting at the time and now is like ten a penny. But it was a, a fake BBC News Twitter account, which was, uh, which was uh, sending out, uh, which loads of people had, had uh, started following, and then it started complain like it started swearing at people who were complaining about it being fake or something like that and uh so um, the, the bbc got it shut down and that that, you know, that that wouldn't be much of a story these days um but uh back in like 2008 that was quite an exciting thing to cover um but i think back in those days uh, on my personal blog that was probably about as far as i got in terms of covering news but uh, other than that it tended to be just uh, opinions about new services and things and so you started uh, the next web doing a post today, uh, and, then, and then when they offered you this kind of part-time job, you're working downstairs, uh, wherever, wherever it was, uh, how, how did that turn into a, a full-time gig? Uh, well, the next web was expanding. Um, I, I was lucky that um, I picked a blog where the team uh, behind it really wanted to turn it into something big, into a big you know, media presence, a big, a big company, a uh, big publisher. And so they had started investing in staffing and they had brought on a couple of uh, uh, people in the States uh, to work full time. And uh, they were just kind of starting to fill out the European team. And uh, so it kind of made sense that I'd be one of those people, although I was kind of a bit you know, it, it seemed a bit of a gamble because I'd never been, although I write a lot about entrepreneurs, I'd never felt particularly entrepreneurial myself. And so in a job which was, you know, relatively secure and um, and I enjoyed, I did kind of worry about going into this um, uh, potentially risky new venture. Uh, but um, I took the plunge because it just felt like something I really wanted to do. And I think uh, what persuaded me to take the plunge was I took a trip to... Um, uh, where was it now? It was uh, Kiev uh, to a tech conference in Kiev, and uh, I was interviewing the founder of a startup on stage. And, and this was on the as this was uh, on the uh, next web dime. Then this was them yeah. paying for it. Yeah, so this was a um, this was like a you know uh, something I was doing for them, um, but it, it was still part time with them. And I thought if I can do stuff like this, and you know if I can kind of 
work full time, breaking stories, and you know, uh, doing a job that I'm really passionate about, then you know, it's worth the risk of of you know uh, it flopping. Um, and uh, yeah, things seem to have gone well since then. And you said that the next web was investing in in hiring these people and expanding. How, where were they getting the the, uh, the the resources for that? Were they having massive page views, or did someone invest? Where did they find the resources for that? Well, the next web uh, has a lot of uh, um, parts to it. Uh, part of that is um, uh, they have various startups kind of under their wing um, that operate from their offices so um, for example Twitter counter which is still actually really popular um, and uh, it's like a Twitter analy analytics service and one of the first ones that could actually kind of track on a graph how your Twitter follower numbers were changing all that kind of thing and uh, so uh, so from services like that and from kind of previous kind of business successes they were kind of using their own funds to uh, invest in the publishing side of things excellent well, um, uh, and so when did you become a, an editor position where you're, you're kind of guiding other writers and, and choosing what's going on the site and setting, not setting policies, but setting kind of processes to, to make sure you get the right, the right kind of stories up? And also, what, what are those processes that you follow at the, the next web? You don't have to go into how the back <laughs> channel works and something, but I, I know that uh, just before we before I interviewed you, you were checking the wire feeds and something came up about, was it? McAfee or something and you're like well we're not covering that kind of thing so uh, obviously there's a policy behind that uh, yeah so well I, I went full-time at the next web in at the end of 2010 and then uh, became managing editor at the end of 2011 and yeah so it was really uh, I mean really what we do is uh, we're very big on breaking news because uh, that has a lot of value to people people want to know if, when things are happening uh, fast but uh, it's not just about seeking out breaking news and uh, people do sometimes wonder how we're so fast with breaking news and there's no real secret to it it's just having someone in every time zone must help though that does help but then those people need to know where to look at the right times they need to know and it is things like you know you mentioned wire feed so you need to check um, press releases coming out and things like that but uh, there are lots of other places to check and um, lots of other places to kind of be on the lookout for people talking about things and that kind of thing and having the right kind of searches set up for things um so i think we, we do, we're just good at that kind of thing but what we try to do as well is make sure that we're not just saying this is happening we really want to tell you why that's interesting wh why that's important um the background to it and really give a more in-depth look at things um than maybe some of the sites that might just say look this is happening kind of thing um we want to kind of provide more value there and um have you had any scoops recently or stories recently that you're particularly proud of not you personally but your your european team oh um all time um uh, there was one that was actually quite um, a good one that um we actually broke news of uh, at the end of last year, I think it might have been like kind of October, November last year, and then it actually got reported um, by like a uh, another news site as actually actually happening um, the other day. So um, Apple setting up an R and D base in Israel. So we heard about that months ago, and uh, then one of the kind of main Israeli uh, business publications actually reported on that um, last weekend. So it's like, ha ha, we were right, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you keep a track of the statistics of when you're right and when you're wrong to, to keep, how, keep yourself honest? Or do you just, you just kind of conveniently forget about the wrong predictions? Well, 
well, they're not necessarily predictions. Um, I think, um, it, yeah, there's a difference between predictions and kind of reporting on something, something on, on, on something sources say. So, I mean, we don't keep a scorecard or anything, but uh, I think we need to make sure that if we are reporting on something that is based on kind of. Uh, sources that maybe want to stay anonymous or that kind of thing um, if it's that kind of thing we need to make sure that we are confident in uh the the truth behind that or you know at least you know we're confident that those are valid sources and they're well placed to actually be talk uh, telling the truth and that we tell our readers that you know this is what they're saying um and you know there's no official comment from the company that kind of thing um so there's a balance to be struck, but um, you know, uh, as long as we're not making things up or uh, reporting on something just because someone said it in their personal blog and there's no reason to believe them, that kind of thing, um, I think you know we're doing our job. Uh, so no, we don't keep a scorecard. Uh, but you know, if, if there was ever any kind of massive mistake or something, then we would of course be completely open and honest about that because um, that's the way you maintain the trust of your audience. By uh, you know, if you do make mistakes and humans make mistakes, um, you admit those mistakes and uh, you you rectify them. Okay, well, just moving on to the last uh, bit of the interview. Your role has changed. I, I, sorry, not at NextWeb, but just in Manchester as well. Um, a year ago now, it was about a year ago, you gave a talk at TEDx Manchester about the startup scene in Manchester, or the lack of the visible scene in Manchester. And I was working there that day. I mean, I was, um, I was videoing with my video production company. I've done a few TED conferences. I did TEDx Salford last... Uh, no, TEDx Liverpool last week as well, you see. Um, so that, that's what I do as my day job, uh, video production. So I was there operating the board and, and, and things, and I heard you give you t talk about it. And it really inspired me, actually, and this is where Northology came from. I can link it directly back to that, um, to that talk that you gave. And I think it inspired other people. I know it inspired Doug and, and a couple of the people who were watching live and saw the video afterwards. And you, where's that got you? Where's that kind of passion for the startup scene in Manchester got you? Well, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that talk because that was actually a year ago yesterday. And um, oh, okay, yeah, a year ago that was a that was a good uh, a good guess by me then. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, yeah, it was the thirteenth of February, and I don't. I, I'm actually surprised because I thought it was later in the year. But uh, yeah, lots happened in that year. Um, I suppose that I'm just interested in Manchester being a a more well-known place in terms of startups because, well, A, there are lots of interesting companies quietly getting on with things in Manchester that people should know about. Um, B, it's the kind of city that should have that kind of uh, scene because of its history, because of also the fact it's turning out interesting, you know, uh, creative projects all the time. It's got a great creative scene, but also um, the computer science department at the university is particularly good. Um, all these things should kind of come together to form um, a, a startup scene. And uh, we're definitely seeing more activity around that now. And obviously it's great that something like Tech Hub Manchester is here as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think things have definitely moved forward. So I, th I suppose um, that talk and uh, my kind of interest in Manchester's startup scene really comes from the fact that I go around Europe and see all these other things happening. And I think that there should be something like that in Manchester. And you are helping out now. You're, you're on the board team here at the Tech Hub. Uh, and now, and you've also been doing running events like how to get your how to get your startup featured on the next web. No, not the next web, but how to get your feature uh, startup featured in the media and things like that. So, so what? What? Obviously, you're trying to help people out. What? What? How would I get my startup featured in there on the next web then? 
or, or, you know, what's the kind of the general advice there you've got to startups? Well, you should have come to the talk here. Last I wanted to, but I couldn't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, but, um, uh, well, there's actually um, a talk I gave at Medem, um, the conference in Cannes, which is up on YouTube, um, which if you do a search for that, you'll be able to find, um, I think, like a half hour. It's an hour long, actually, talk. They gave me an hour long slot for some reason, but um, talking about how to pitch the media. Um, it's hard to summarise uh, really briefly but uh, essentially it's uh, being brief in your initial pitch uh, brief and to the point um, obviously not rude but uh, not going overboard on things like buzzwords um, just basically um, being human about the way you approach people um, that's that's essentially um, essentially the way to at least get the attention of journalists um, and I mean I for example there's you know so many bad pitches I get that um, I literally don't reply to just because if I did reply to them all, I'd be spending all my day replying to email. But then there are some, like for example, there's one that I haven't covered his product um, in its current state. I won't be writing about it, you know, unless they change it a lot. But something about his ori original email made me reply to it. So I've kind of ended up emailing this guy and emailing he emails me and you know about like oh well you know you could you could do this to your pitch that kind of thing. And you know it, it kind of it's kind of got into that because of i don't know why you know it, it's a, co a conversation that started uh, but uh, you try and avoid those now do you you're learning that lesson well well uh, I, I would say you know if anyone wants to do that um, uh, i can't guarantee that i can do that <laughs> all the time one-to-one uh, -one kind of coaching but uh, uh, yeah it does mean a lot to startups actually to, to know how to pitch to the media because uh, you know it is important at least to get yourself known because uh, the tech press I think isn't important necessarily for every startup to succeed at all but coverage in the tech press can get you the attention of your peers uh, can get you the attention of in potential investors um, so uh, and kind of early adopters so it is useful for those kind of things so uh, it's important really for people to know how to do it right. I have heard you've been referred to as the, was it the Tom Hanks of tech journalism? You know, Tom Hanks is uh, just really nice in every film. Even, <laughs> even, <laughs> who, who said that? Uh, even, when he's, even when he's like the, the guy who, who runs the, uh, uh, who kills people in the Green Mile, <laughs> he's, he, he's like the nicest executioner ever. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but... Uh... No, no, I, I saw, I, you linked to somebody who, who was writing a press release and, the, and they, they emailed it to you and you gave them a really nice response and then they wrote an article about... Um, about how they interacted with you or something, oh, right, a Twitter okay. conversation. Okay. I don't know, you linked to it a while ago. All oh, right, okay, yeah. Um, maybe maybe I've just forgotten that, but uh, um, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, i just just throwing that out there, yeah. So, um, okay, have you got anything else you'd like to, to, to pitch up? I think that's covered your, your story in, in 25 minutes. Uh, no, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And so, so if people want to find you, you're on, obviously on, is it the next web? Yeah, the next web dot, dot com. Um, and uh, yeah, come and check us out and uh, see what we're writing about. We write about uh, all sorts of uh, tech news from right around the world. Excellent. Um, right, thank you very much. Uh, you're going to hang around to do these little announcements at the end, yeah? Uh, so we've got the uh, a couple of positions this week uh, uh, at, at Vanilla Storm. Uh, dot com. If you go to vanillastorm.com uh, and, and click on the uh, click on the jobs there or digital dash jobs, um, you, you, they, they've got a couple of vacancies. Um, they've got a, a PHP developer, 
they're not saying what salary they want, but it says depending on skills and experience. So you just work that out for yourself. And they've also they're advertising for a technical uh, lead as well. So uh, it says we're looking for a strong technical lead to join our development team in Piccadilly Gardens, Manchester. So I know it's a great, great company, and I've, se- I've seen some of the work that they've uh, that they've done before with the the design and, the, and things. Well, just go to vanillastorm.com and take a look at the portfolio and, and the services that they provide there. Like I say, PHP developer and a technical lead. That's uh, vanillastorm.com. So now to the most important, port- important, important part of the uh, of the podcast. I like, it's I like important ports as well. Yeah, important ports. You know, you don't know why I do p- uh, podcasts, don't you? Sorry, you don't know why I do podcasts. Why is that? Because I, I it takes me like. Uh, my workflow for podcasts is arranging an interview, doing a bit of research, chatting a bit, and then it takes me like half an hour to to record the interview. I don't do any editing of the interview. This, I just I just add the music and and the, the bit at the beginning, and the end, and put it up. And it takes me probably half an hour to edit and write the blog post, and then you know a bit of promotion afterwards. It, I find it easier to produce a half hour podcast than I do to write a. A four paragraph blog you know it takes me less time so. ah cool okay um, so it just it just i did try and have a have northology as a blog uh but i couldn't keep it up and lots of people said oh we'll blog for you you know once once a week or once a fortnight we'll do a blog nobody ever did so i'm just going to do it myself as a as a podcast now anyway so this comes to the most important part of the podcast which is this week in manchester <laughs> this week in Manchester. Yes, uh, so uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday the 15th, we've got the Manchester Internet Entrepreneurs uh, Meetup. That's at the Casa Phil Hotel at 12.30pm. And then we've got at 6.30, we've got the Tech Basin Beers. And this week it is at Odd Bar. I don't know where Odd Bar is. Anyway, from 5.30 onwards, uh, that's the Tech Basin beer. It was a great night last uh, last Friday. I came down and chatted to people, met a few new people. Okay, you take this next one here. Okay, yes. Yeah. So on Saturday, uh, we have the um, XP uh, Manchester group at Mad Lab. Uh, so uh, this is a regional group with the goal of promoting, discussing, practicing, learning, and generally showing an interest in the extreme programming, test-driven environment, uh, Kanban, etc. Um, they're looking for uh, to build a community of people involved in software development. So there you go. That's uh, from uh, 9 a.m. Uh, at Mad Lab on Saturday. Okay, so not so busy this next week, but um, on Wednesday the uh, oh, on on Sunday we've got the Manchester Geek Girls. Um, uh, I covered that on the podcast a few episodes ago. They've got they're taking over the Raspberry Jam at Mad Lab from 10 a.m. That's on Sunday the the 17th. So take along uh, take along the the girl geeks in your life and, and check that out. Uh, yeah, then Wednesday uh, on uh, Wednesday the 20th uh, there is the Manchester WordPress user group uh, location uh, to be confirmed. So uh, do look them up online and uh, you can uh, find out about that. I actually got an email for them. Uh, so it's at Mad Lab. Uh, there you go. Oh, uh, and then next Friday we've got uh, Tech Base and Beers um, from 6.30pm. Again, the, the, the venue will be up on Tuesday for that. The Social Enterprise uh, Weekend uh, hacking event, like I say, has been postponed. It's going to be on later in the year, so check back for details around that. And just to give you a heads up, on Tuesday the 26th at 6.30, 6.30 at Tech Hub, we've got the How to Secure Sponsorship um, event 
uh, Tech Hub by the guy from Barclays who did the Barclays Premiership um, deal, and he's going to be talking about how to, yeah, how to secure sponsorship. Yeah, sounds sounds like a good one, that. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Um, I will certainly try to be there. Um, twenty six at TT twenty six. Yeah, I think I can be there. Yeah. So. Um, what, what are your plans? Are you jetting off anywhere this week, then, uh, for the rest of the week? I, I'm in Manchester until the 28th, and then I'm going to Copenhagen for uh, the next web meetup in Copenhagen, which should be good, except that um, because it's like a, a, an evening meetup, I'm sure there'll be uh, alcohol involved, and then I've got to get up at 5am the next day uh, to fly to London for the London, London Web Summit. Um, so uh, that is going to be a bit of a challenge. And then I, I'm on stage at the London Web Summit um, uh, at the end of the morning so uh, hopefully um, I'll be able to sleep on the plane or something although this is a plane the, my flight from Copenhagen to London has Wi-Fi and hardly any flights in Europe have Wi-Fi so basically you're not going to get any sleep on the plane at all I'm going to be catching up on email and, and stuff yeah it's, it's going to be great and of course I will have to tweet I'm on the internet in the sky um, because uh, you've, you've got to do that the first time the novelty I'm sure is so amazing um, I've, I've, I've had I've had meetings with I've had Google Plus hangouts with people on planes they're in America on Virgin and, and things like that so they've been flying around uh, the States uh, and uh, they've been like having a, a, a Google Plus hangout and I've been you know, at home in Manchester and you know they're thousands of feet above the USA it, it, isn't technology great well, yeah, it's going to change the world. Um, uh, well, it is changing the world every every day. I was talking about something because I did a, I, I talked about Pigeon Post on at uh, the Bootstrap Business Club, and people were saying, oh, you know, that could change the world. If it ever works, you know, it could change the world. And people saying, how often does technology change the world now? It's come down to, like, every year, every year and a half, another thing comes along and changes everything. Yeah, well, I suppose it depends how big you, you mean um, in terms of huge changes that change the way society works. Uh, probably a, a bit less than that, but uh, a bit less often than that. But uh, certainly in terms of the way that, uh, you know, that there's a new way to communicate or a new way to uh, travel or a new way to book travel you know a new way to do all sorts of bank online you know a new, a new way to uh, deal with your finances there's something new and innovative every day pretty much so uh, it's an ex exciting space to cover okay thank you very much martin thank you very much and um yeah like i say feedback to uh nathan at northology.com uh, or follow me on twitter i'm at nathan ray you're martin martin sfp um yeah and uh well, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.